You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. Ronnie Deutsch is a lawyer who created her own tax preparation company, the Ronnie Deutsch Tax Center. She's known as the Tax Lady, and her new book is The Tax Lady's Guide to Beating the IRS and Saving Big Bucks on Your Taxes. Thank you for joining me, Ronnie. Yeah, Rick, doesn't it sound great just to say that, beating the IRS? (laughs) (laughs) Well, unusual, certainly. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I think a lot of people are going to be finding themselves in an unusual position this year with regards to their taxes. Probably somewhere around mid-year last year and going forward, they might have lost or left a long-standing career with a regular paycheck and a regular W-2 and a fairly simple tax setup. You fill out your W-2, you go to H&R Block or go to anybody, and it's pretty simple. But a lot of these people have gone from a very simple setup to a much more complex setup where they're perhaps um, now they're working part-time and they're working doing arts or crafts or some kind of uh, creative endeavor out of their home. And and these are the people I'd like to see, uh, talk to you about. Um, tell us a little bit first, if we're going to like look to somebody else to do our taxes, because all of a sudden things have gotten gone from simple to complex, how do we find a good local source of, of tax preparation? Yeah. First of all, Rick, I think it's wonderful that you bring up the person that we're talking about, correct? And that is a person who had a job, had a very simple tax situation. For all we know, it was so simple they had TurboTax or they used some software. But what happens is when you become a business minded person, whether it's freelance worker, you're an artist, you're a painter, you're a writer, you now own your own business. And when you own your own business, different tax laws apply. So what I always recommend as a tax attorney is that you hire a tax professional who maybe even specializes in your type of work. For example, if you own a construction company, you can go to really any accountant because the laws are pretty simple with a construction company. What are their deductions? But when you're a writer or you do freelance work, there are so many different tax rules that apply. I highly recommend that you find someone. Again, you can always go online. You could do a little bit of research. Just make sure that that person is an accountant and more importantly, that they specialize in your area or your industry because then you will be guaranteed to have the most deductions and the most tax credits. So ultimately, you pay less money to the IRS. So um, let's presume that we found our nice, good uh, local accountant who's going to help us. Um, what's the first thing we need to do as we, for the, say the past six months and ongoing into this year, we're working part-time at the bookstore or the coffee shop or the grocery store and kind of feeling somewhat embarrassed about that. But we're also at the same, at the same time, we're kind of happy because we're, you know, selling writing, selling our paintings. How do we start, um, collect our paperwork? I mean, what's a good way, uh, foundation for starting to keep records? Yeah, here's the real challenge for most taxpayers, whether they own their own business or not. What I see, Rick, is a theme of laziness. 
We as taxpayers generally go to work, have a business, thrive at what we do, and then we generally wait till the last day, April 14th or April 15th, we bring our shoebox full of crap to our accountant, to our tax preparer, and we hope and pray that they have time to go through the documents we've provided. We're very unorganized, and we like to procrastinate. So what I like to do, which I think is the most critical piece of advice that I can offer to your listeners today, it's simple. You must save every receipt. You must save every document. And I know you're stepping back and thinking, but Ronnie, what if I take someone out to dinner and we talk a little bit business? Do I need to save the receipt from dinner? Yes. What about when I'm driving somewhere for business? Do you know how many people fail to document where they drive to? They don't have a log. And if people don't want to get a log, then just get a notebook. You write down literally, what did you do in that day? What money did you spend in that day? And do you have the receipts to back it up? Where did I drive? What was my odometer at the second I left? And what was, I, what was it at when I arrived at my business meeting? Crossing over toll bridges. Come on. There's so many ways that we as Americans can change the way that we approach taxes and ultimately save money. But number one on the list is keeping outstanding records. Because the IRS wants money from you. You will pay less money as a business owner if you have receipts to substantiate all of the business deductions that you incur in a given year. Now, um, as we kind of try to keep track of this ourselves, there are lots of software packages out there you can pay a pretty penny for, or you might just have some kind of spreadsheet program on your computer. Is there anything that you think that's worth, worth the money well, do you mean buying a software program like a QuickBooks to help you stay organized? Right, right. Well, give me the merits of QuickBooks versus setting up a couple simple Excel spreadsheets. Well, I'll tell you something, Rick. I'm all for anything that freelance people will do to become organized. You and I know that there are plenty of choices. We could go down to, you know, Home Office or Home Depot, wherever they sell this stuff, and we could buy QuickBooks. And you and I know that QuickBooks is a very easy and simple solution. But I want to go to just basic pen and paper. If people listening feel overwhelmed, well, I'm not very good with software, but I'm a real creative person, or I'm kind of intimidated by stuff like that, no problem. Then let me get some paper and a pen, and let me just start writing down what I'm spending my money on, where I'm going, and take those receipts on a monthly basis in your shoebox and look at them every month rather than do the dance once a year. Certainly, I'd rather that people were sophisticated, Rick, and had some type of QuickBooks or Excel spreadsheet. But I don't think people need that if they can get organized. Well, one of the things that we all have to do, especially if we're artists, is we, we've got supplies. You've got art supplies and writing supplies. You have internet expenses and technology supplies. And I wonder if you could talk, talk about when we consider things capital investments and when we consider them, I guess, just expenses. Because, I mean, you buy a computer, it's supposed to last, you know, depreciate over five years. The thing's almost useless the next year. Yeah, so, so you make a good point. You're talking about, as a business owner, as an artist, you must buy supplies. Let's talk about business-related expenses that most people seem to forget. Advertising. You and I know that freelance 
people are advertising to get business. They're hustling out there to get business, and yet they don't realize, well, hey, is that advertisement a deduction? Should I save the receipt? What if I get a banner? What if I get some business cards? What about insurance? You and I know that most business people have insurance. You and I know that we've got to buy office expenses, as you stated, right? We're getting a computer. We're getting pens and paper. We're getting all those things, supplies, travel, meals and entertainment, utilities, dues and subscriptions. There are so many ways that freelance people spend money. What about books? We've constantly got to be doing research and improving our skills. Certainly we buy books because we enjoy them, but aren't some of them business related, Rick? And so we get to deduct them. What about one of my favorite deductions, Rick, that I think we've got to get on the table? And that is your home being used as an office. You and I know that many people cannot afford to go out and pay for a full-blown studio. Why not use a portion of your home as an office? There are some tests that we just got approved to the IRS, some conditions that we've got approved. And if we can, Rick, guess what? We get to deduct the portion of our home that we use for business, and now we're saving thousands and thousands of dollars on our taxes. Again, it's awareness, making sure that freelance people understand. That's why I wrote the book. It's not a technical book. I mean, a 14-year-old could read it and understand it. But the point is, if you don't read a little bit about taxes, if you do not learn a little bit about taxes and how it relates to your business, you're going to get ripped off by the IRS, and you're going to lose an opportunity to save thousands of dollars. Well, let's say you need to, <clears throat> you need some help if you're you're an artist or you know a, a musician or a writer and you've got to hire somebody. What kind of person should you hire? Yeah, I mean, we're going back to that wonderful wonderful blessing that we all have. You are the freelance genius. You are the person that creates the music or the art or things that of course inspire us. But believe it or not, there are bean counters out there and all they care about is counting your beans, whether it's a certified public accountant, whether it's an enrolled agent, whether it's a tax attorney. But again, I'm not saying that you shouldn't go to a Ronnie Deutsch tax center to get your return done or an H&R Block. I'm saying wherever you go, Rick, get some professional help so the person sitting across from you knows what you can deduct more than you do. No, no. What, what I'm talking about is let's say I need to hire somebody to, to help me schlep stuff around, um, somebody um, it, to uh, carry stuff. Uh, you know, Maybe I'm uh, doing uh, an interview and I need to hire somebody as a cameraman. What kind of person is, 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 should I be hiring if I if I'm one of my business expenses is actually to pay somebody to work for me just for a couple hours? I mean, are yeah, there any now you're clues? talking about a very important distinction. Mm-hmm. Are you going to hire someone as a consultant, someone who has their own business? They're the cameraman and they've got the camera business. All you're doing is hiring them. And at the end of the day that you hire them, they're not your employee, Rick. Mm-hmm. They're just a business consultant, an independent contractor that you turn to to help you for that given day. What about a makeup artist? I've got to hire makeup artists all the time, Rick, and I'm not a makeup chick at all. And I've got to hire them constantly to do my hair and makeup, and it's a business deduction, and I, they give me their bill. I hand them the check. But what you've got to remember as a business owner, a freelance business owner, you're not only going to pay the bill for that cameraman or the hair and makeup person, or your assistant for the day. At the end of the year, let's not forget that you want to give them 
a 1099. A 1099 is what you give independent contractor businesses that you hire throughout the year to show them, hello, Mr. Business Owner, I'm giving you a 1099 to show that I hired you and paid you eight grand for the year. And guess what else I'm doing? I'm sending the 1099 to the IRS. And when I send it to the IRS, they're going to know that I paid you eight grand. So it's important for you to know as a business person, a freelance person, whatever you deposit in your bank, the IRS knows about. But sometimes the IRS doesn't know if you paid a freelance camera person or hair and makeup or someone to help you unless you substantiate it with a check. And, of course, you substantiate it again by giving that person that you hired a 1099. Remember, they are not your employee. They're merely an independent contractor, consultant for the day. Let's talk about making money. Let's assume a best-case scenario. You're selling your art. You've got art revenue. <clears throat> you've got revenue from maybe work you've done for magazines, or maybe you're selling um, independent paintings. Maybe you're selling pieces of writing. Could you talk about what stuff we have to include as revenue and what stuff doesn't count as revenue? I mean, um, maybe we get uh, extra tips or something. I, tell me about it. And also, on top of this, we've, we're, we've probably got a, a W-2 from, you know, the bookstore or, you know, some the coffee store where we're, all, we're forced to work to make sure we have a little bit of uh, constant cash flow. Yeah, let's first of all step back and say congratulations for those of you out there listening that have built a successful freelance built uh, business and you're making money, you are profitable, you are living the American dream. We should be popping champagne and celebrating. Here's the reality. The IRS wants their money. So number one, let's start with the basic. You're going to have to have two bank accounts, one for you as an individual to put your, <clears throat> let's say your paycheck in because you also have a real job. I take that real job money and I put it in my personal bank account because that came from my real job money. Number two, you open a separate business account for your business. It can be at the same bank, but what goes in that account is different than your individual bank account. So giving your hypothetical of a person that has to support themselves at a real job, the real job paycheck goes into your personal paycheck account and your business income and all of your business expenses are paid from your business account. So we've got to start with the basic premise. Now what you've got to realize is simple. Whatever money you receive as a business owner, you've got to understand that the IRS wants a piece of it. So the IRS expects you and everybody listening to deposit every penny in your business bank account. That includes cash that you receive. You and I know that many people work for tips and for all we know, Rick, some claim the money and put it in their bank and some never claim the cash that they receive. The IRS wants you to put everything that you make as a business owner in your bank account so they have a tracking mechanism through your bank account and they can ultimately tax you. So you and I know that you're supposed to have two different bank accounts, of course. One is business, we know. One is personal, we understand that. The IRS wants you, of course, to be taxed on everything. Remember this, Rick, many people are going to give you, as a freelance person, a 1099. Remember the scenario you and I talked about where the freelance person hired someone and gave them a 1099? Remember, people are going to give you a 1099. And if they give you a 1099, then the IRS knows 
that you receive that amount of money. So the IRS knows, A, when you put money in the bank, what you made, and B, they know when you get a 1099, what you were paid. So certainly, it's an honor society, Rick. We know this. If you're honest and you put everything in the bank and you claim everything on your taxes, boom, you pay the IRS more. Let's talk about that. What is the IRS going to want from you? Well, if you're self-employed and business owners are self-employed, you're going to have to pay the awful self-employment tax. It stinks. It's 15.3% of your net profit. 15.3% of your profit, guys, goes straight out the window for your self-employment tax. When you have a real job, Rick, you don't pay 15.3%. You only pay 7.65%. So I think without overwhelming people listening, Rick, those are the basics of things that people need to know about the bank account, about what the IRS is going to look for, and about what you need to know with that self-employment tax. Let's talk about uh, one last aspect of this whole uh, puzzle, health care. Um, Talk about savings, the health savings account versus monthly payments to Blue Cross. You, if you've been working, say, at a corporate job for some 20 years, you might actually own a house. And you probably don't want to necessarily see that house, the title for your house transferred to the hospital if you end up in a car accident. Yeah, when you and I step back, Rick, and I'm going to again go to that hybrid freelance person. Generally, most hybrid freelance people have that real job where they get health insurance. So you and I know they're pretty blessed. They get the health insurance from their employer, and now they're hustling, excuse me, on their own as that business owner. But let's just say, Rick, that they do not have health insurance anywhere, which you and I know millions of Americans, what is it, 40 million people don't have health insurance? So let's pretend for a moment that you are a successful freelance person. You are now profitable and you can afford to buy yourself health insurance. Congratulations, I have good news for you. You can deduct your self-employed health insurance as a business expense when you are a freelance person so long as you are profitable. Now, this law stinks, Rick, and something that you're going to learn about me, I'm passionate. There's no gray. I'm going to tell you if I think it's great or it stinks. This stinks, Rick. Why in the world is the IRS saying to business owners, freelance people, hey, if you're not profitable, you can't deduct your medical insurance. You can only deduct it up to your profitability. So let's keep the math simple. Let's say that you are profitable as a freelance artist by $10,000 in any given year, and your self-employed health insurance costs $10,000 a year. I have good news, you get to deduct the entire $10,000 amount. That is a good scenario. What happens, Rick, if you're not profitable as a self-employed person, but you do have health insurance, well, then you still can qualify and deduct your medical expense, but now you're subject to all sorts of IRS restrictions that are even stricter than the rules I just said. So it's kind of your damned if you do, damned if you don't, but I share with you this, Rick, become profitable. Make sure that you are making money. Get yourself that health insurance because it is a sweet deduction for everyone listening. 
I've been speaking with Ronnie Deutsch. Her new book is The Tax Lady's Guide to Beating the IRS and Saving Big Bucks on Your Taxes. Thank you for joining me, Ronnie. Hey, Rick, isn't it fun talking taxes? And what I'm trying to do is talk as much as we can so people, freelance people, business owners, moms, dads, everybody everywhere is not afraid of the IRS, Rick. That's the key. Let's learn a little bit about taxes, and let's save a lot of money and be successful along the way. So, again, I thank you for your time, Rick, and I hope you have a great day. Thank you very much. Okay, bye-bye, dear. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.